Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. I think our I think our listeners are a little more Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> Pete Thamel. And if he leaves, yeah. it's more expensive to buy breakfast at the courtyard in South Beach than it is for Jimbo to leave. And SI's Pat Forty. Have you been? You go and come back and tell me what you think. Here's what I'm telling you. You go from Honolulu to Pullman, you're at least partially insane. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. All right, welcome to the, uh, we got to do a little emergency pod here. We're starting. So there's a regular pod. You can listen to that after this emergency pod that Sully is going to insert at the front of the pod, even though this came after the first part. Does that make any sense? Well, no. Does it make any sense that Mark D'Antonio would retire on February 4th? (laughs) The night before signing day? That doesn't make any sense. Pete's not here. He's breaking, like, Arizona State (laughs) defensive coordinator news. He's at a BC Duke basketball game. Pat and I are going to handle this. So, to recap, Pat and I are now going to talk about Mark D'Antonio and Michigan State. Then you can listen to the rest of us, all three of us together, happy as can be talking uh we talk a bunch of stuff including uh some guy getting shot in the face because he took a leak in the wrong spot that's uh so <laughs> stay tuned for that it was our, our biggest news on leaking and or fake leaking since the egg bowl there yes so, there was yeah. nothing would happened until all of a sudden it happened yeah so pat 40 mark d'antonio 13 years at michigan state i would argue i mean i don't know you can go back to the biggie mun or something but i think he's the probably the best coach they ever had certainly in the modern era three Big Ten titles, Rose Bowl, college football player, pretty much maxed out Michigan State. I don't think you can do a whole lot better than what Mark D'Antonio did. It's possible you could win one game out of a playoff maybe, but I I don't know. This is it. There was a stretch where he went uh, eight and two against Michigan. Lots of guys in the NFL. Terrific job. However, the last three out of the last four years have been not any good. A three-win season and then consecutive seven and sixes. We talked about this all fall. Was he going to retire? Is this it? Very stubborn guy. This should be a celebration of him retiring or stepping away. Instead, a lot of questions. Why now? I think that's my biggest issue. I think you did a huge disservice to the program by not doing this when at the end of the regular season, or if not even earlier and saying in late November, mid-November, I'm going to 
call it quits at the end of this year and give Michigan State time to say, let's go see who we can get. And instead, he waits all the way to February 4th. The number of candidates that are off the table at this point is pretty much almost everyone. Now, they may still get Luke Fickle come from Cincinnati or something. I don't know, though. The recruiting class isn't any good. If you take this job, you now have the wait a whole year to start recruiting. You're inheriting another probably not great recruiting class that's not going to help you beat Ohio State or Michigan. Uh, I don't know what kind of staff you can put together at this point. I just think he did a huge disservice to, to the place that he built by not being honest and making this call two months ago. And I understand he got $4.3 million on January 15th. He had a retention bonus. But you could have gone to Michigan State and said, well, I want the 4.3, but I'm going to set you up. I don't think Michigan State was saying they're not going to give you the money. So my issue is the timing. Your thoughts on that and and just on Mark D'Antonio altogether, because he really is a, a huge figure in college football the last dozen years. You know, I mean, I was going to say there are 4.3 million reasons he waited this long. You're right, though, that 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 could have been finessed, I would have to think, with a little bit of negotiation, especially with a a weak Michigan State administration that uh, really, I mean, they, they were never going to make Mark D'Antonio leave. So he had to do this, I think, on his own or maybe with a push from Curtis Blackwell and Curtis Blackwell's attorney. But we can get to that in a minute. Yeah, the timing is is very messy for sure. Anybody that was going to sign with Michigan State tomorrow, and I don't know what the status of that class was, like how many people they Three. had coming in. Three? Well, if I'm with those guys, I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. And then thanks Maybe. very much Thanks very much for not telling me until the last day. And now, yeah, do they have anywhere else to go? Uh, uh, and then yeah. Michigan State should let these other guys leave if they want. 100%. Yes, the, the December signees should absolutely be able to go. Uh, where they want, if they have a place to go now at this late date. It's the same thing with Mississippi State. I wrote that column yeah. a couple of months ago. Like, if you can get Luke Fickle, I think you come out of this fine. But, yes, do they, is it harder to get him now, or is this just a job that he wants and he doesn't care about the timing and he'll make it work? And it gives you know, now you can ask for a seven-year contract instead of a six-year or a five-year or whatever. I, I don't know. Uh, and if that's something – if he want to, wants to coach in the Big Ten and you don't want to be – at a true bottom feeder, okay, but you still are, you know, you still got to, as you said, you got to go against Ohio State, you got to go against Penn State, you got to go against Michigan, you got to recruit against Notre Dame. It's not the easiest spot in the world. So the timing is messy. The timing is difficult. I don't let him off the hook on that at all. But I think Michigan State fans will basically just say, well, this guy's the best coach we've had. You mentioned Biggie Munn, Duffy Doherty. They they had some nice moments, but I think that probably in terms of sustained competitiveness in a very tough era, what D'Antonio has done is as good as anybody's done in East Lansing. Uh, no, there's no question. His impact was amazing. For the most part, people didn't really think that was possible to, to dominate Michigan year on year out the way they did for a little while. They beat Ohio State and Urban Meyer twice. Three Big Ten titles. That's not just a fluke year. College football playoff. I mean, yeah, they got trounced there, but you make yeah, it. Yeah, but that's the thing. There's been 11 schools that have made the playoff, and Michigan State's one of them. That's pretty good. Yeah, and pretty much the outlier, aren't they? Like, yeah. I mean, if you look at yeah. it, you know, I mean, this was a place that Nick Saban. It was a. It was a little bit of a mid major. Nick Saban was there, and he took yep. off to go to LSU. Yeah, I just to me, it's the it's the timing that's just weird. Yeah, I, I, you know, he said at the press conference. 
that, you know, he, he, he looks at things as segmented parts of his life. And he, this is the time of the year when he starts planning ahead for next year and resetting the program. And like, you know, he was defiant all the last two years. I don't need to change my staff. I don't need to change my offense. I don't need to change anything. And like the idea that it didn't dawn on him that it's like, this is slipping away. They're completely non-competitive. They, they 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 had a horrible offense, and you know he he didn't he didn't do any media. He barely there was no fan events. I mean, he was just very very isolated the last couple months. And I, it's just sort of a really odd way to go out for a guy that certainly could have just announced himself, announced it, and say, "Ah, we're going to go out with the pinstripe bowl," and it would have been a big. Uh, celebration now i don't know we'll see they better get luke fickle i don't know if you're luke fickle do you take it i don't know man i mean that's it's difficult it's close because i mean cincinnati's gonna be very good next year i mean i think they're top 15 good and you know do you want to go into this situation i i don't know i mean i think fickle wants to be a big 10 coach but is this the job you want or do you you know i i don't know when another one's going to open up that would be better James Franklin just got a big new contract, although you know how that goes. You can leave any time. Ryan Day is going to be the the boss of the Moss for a long time there at Ohio State. We'll see. Do you can you can a can an Ohio State guy go to Michigan? I don't know. No. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe. But yeah. you know, is that opening? Or do you wait? Does Brian right. Kelly leave? I mean, I don't know. Right. I, yeah. I, I just it's a it's possible at Michigan State. I've always been more bullish on Michigan State, maybe because I live in the state of Michigan. I know the power of the place and you got media and you got money and you've got some recruits in the area and all that. But, you know, you're literally physically surrounded by Ohio State, Michigan and Notre, and Notre Dame. Dame. Yep. And uh, it's on a on a smaller scale because there's much less players. It's It's a little like how I always view Auburn. Like you just draw a circle around them and it's Georgia, right. Florida state, Florida and, and Alabama. And you're like, Oh God. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, you're, but an hour and a half away is, is Detroit, which produces some players, but it in Atlanta. Right. So, you know, and now they got Clemson in there. So it's just sort of that bit. I, I don't know, man, Luke fickle. I just think keeps going. Yeah. Uh, and, and so then, okay. If you don't get, and, fickle, I mean, this roster is, go- is not competitive. You have no. a major rehaul, no. and you right. just got another recruiting class that's ranked 36th by rivals. Cincinnati's is 40th. You know, I mean, it's yeah. one thing we talked about in earlier iterations of the pod during the season, and even last year is some of the guys they were getting those gems out of out of either Ohio or Michigan. Guess who's getting them now? Kentucky is going and getting them. You know, they've got competition in their little niche area where they were getting the the little bit overlooked half a step slow three-star guy who turns out to be a four-star college player. So, no, it is it is not a super easy job by any stretch. And if you don't get fickle, is Pat Narduzzi good enough? I think Pat Narduzzi would take the dang thing tomorrow. He's been pretty good at Pitt. He hadn't necessarily been a world beater. Is that, is that, is that good enough? You know, is Pat Narduzzi done enough to get people excited there? The D'Antonio people will all say, he's one of us, that sort of thing, but... I, th- that's, that's, I hate the one of us. I know yeah. that's overrated. It's overrated. So we talk no. about it. I think, I think later in this podcast, we talk about mm-hmm. it. like, yeah, hey, I hate late. Like, yes. Oh, you got to understand. It's nothing to understand about the place. It's not, I mean, no. Michigan no. state's a terrific place. I had tons of friends who go there. Uh, I've always I went there. I family has gone there. 
there's no, there's no secret code. secret spartan dog handshake you gotta understand uh the secrets to beast lancing if you haven't uh fallen off a bar stool at rick's you can't i mean come on yeah it's a football team i'm looking at pete's little list here yeah what's he got fickle number two is pat Shermer, broncos oc he's a michigan state grad Mm. I don't know. Robert yeah. Sala, the 49ers defensive coordinator, he'd be crazy if he took that job. Yeah, why why would he? He would be he would I don't know that he has any connections to recruit, but he is an impressive dude. Right. Uh, he's from Dearborn, Michigan, but again, I don't and he did work at Michigan State. Narduzzi's number 4. Matt Campbell's at 5. Now, Matt Campbell I just don't think they can get at this point. No, and I'm telling Matt Campbell's coming off a disappointing season. People don't necessarily say that very often about Iowa State, but they were expected to do something and they didn't do much. Chris you know, Kleiman. They, who? Chris Kleiman? Eh, yeah. Why would Chris Kleiman? Eh, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, Mike, Mike Tressel is number seven. So okay. he can, you know, interim. And again, you know who's number eight has got to be his his boy down in Toledo, Jason Candle. Oh, He's gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming off a terrible season where they, they were bowl eligible and didn't get to go to a bowl. Come he on. drops him in at number eight. Just, How about you know, that? You gotta oh, get the free, free chicken wings next time he <laughs> yeah. drives through Toledo at the Fricker's Chicken. Which he does every year, goes to Toledo. Yeah, I think I can swing by there. It's like, why? Yeah. Guy, yeah. Guy, guy's in Toledo all the time. All right. Uh, well, anyway, I don't know. Well, I, I, it's weird. Now, you have this, uh, this lawsuit. Um, Curtis Blackwell was a big-time... Oh, he was a high school coach and and he kind of worked with high school players. He had a big camp in in Metro Detroit called Sound Body Sound Mind, right? Uh, or Sound Mind Sound Body, which, whatever it was. Very very connected to the high the, the the local talent in Metro Detroit. Which if you're Michigan State, you pretty much have to live on. Michigan State ended up hiring him. He ended up getting I don't know what fire wrongful firing and all that. And there is a big lawsuit going on right now. So the weird thing was. Antonio had to sit for a deposition, five and a half hours. And then on Tuesday, court filings, or Monday night, I guess late. And then by Tuesday, the Detroit News produced this uh, court filing that basically Blackwell's attorneys accused Antonio of setting a couple of Michigan State parents up with jobs at a, uh, uh, with a booster and then using Blackwell to do a home visit, a recruiting home visit, which he was not allowed to do as whatever title he had he was not a, a permissible recruiter so they're accusing him of it's very contentious he's accusing antonio of, of violations including pretty i mean getting jobs is a pretty big one and then literally like 90 minutes later d'antonio announces the 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 resignation so that to me was a coincidence but that certainly has people buzzing about right now also i don't know if sure. it's just well that and yeah and that, like the whole austin robertson uh recruitment you know, it's a guy with all these red flags and Blackwell supposedly said that the red flags were flagged to D'Antonio and D'Antonio was like, so what? We're taking him. So there, yeah, there was a lot of stuff uh, off the field stuff that had come up, not just in past months and years, but like, as you said, this week. So is that part of the timing of this? I don't know. I mean, I the whole thing, you know, D'Antonio's famous quote regarding Michigan was pride goes before the fall. And I've you've watched D'Antonio the last two years and it seems like his pride has gone before his fall, you know, where, as you said, way too stubborn. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody's going to tell me how to change my staff. Nobody's going to tell me when to leave. I'm going to leave when I want to leave. Doesn't matter whether it helps the school. 
you know, there's a lot of hubris, I think, that went into Mark D'Antonio in the latter stages of his time at Michigan State. I just think it's a little bit tricky for Michigan State right now. Very perilous time for the Spartans. They got to get the right coach. And then I, I just think as a coach, you're just hamstrung. And I mean, you can't bring anyone in for a year. Tough to recruit, tough to build a staff right now. Yep. Well, we'll see who they uh, we'll see who they come up with. So anyway. All right. Well, that's our emergency pod. I don't know. You got anything else? No, Starting that's on? it. Now back to the uh, back to the regularly scheduled pod. But yeah, I think this one was better because Pete didn't hear. Exactly. 33 percent improvement, as you said. Jason before. Candle gets that job, though. <laughs> my God. Pete's going to uh, be at, he's going to be staying at my house like he will. I'm going to have to charge him rent hanging around <laughs> here all the time. He'll be like shuttling back and forth between between Columbus and East Lansing with this. Guys. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. He'll just that's it. All right. Well, we'll see. All right. Talk to you in literally one minute. (laughs) All right. Welcome to the pod. Back from the Super Bowl. Can't say I spent a lot of time following the ins and outs of college football in the last week. I don't know if there was any. It's kind of quiet time. Few ins, few outs. We have signing day coming up, the late signing day. This is where they're probably smarter because then you don't sign with a school that then fires its coach. Like, you know, uh, and they got to scramble again. But it, I, I, I wish I know the signing day moved. Out. I just wish it was still in February. I liked it better. Gave us a little break in the action, you know? Yeah. No, the the timing, certainly for the likes of us, which is the most important likes, mm-hmm. uh, was much better in February. You know, there's not a, a lot going on. You do it December, the week before Christmas. You're in the middle of football season still. It's the holidays. It's, you know, people are already getting enough football saturation. It, it was a it was a nice little uh, dollop of stuff in February before. Now it's, it's an anticlimax. Yeah, you really knew yeah. who the psycho fan was in your life. Because they were like <laughs> watching a webcast from some, you know, high school in Pahokee, Florida. That's just, right. It was a winter. It was like you know, winter meetings in baseball or whatever. Yeah. You know, you need this. Everybody's got one of those, don't they? Like that yeah. one person they know who's like irrationally attached to like random. Like, hey, are we gonna get that three star out yeah. of you know? And you're like, what? Huh? I have no idea who that is. Well, gonna, you know. he's, he's committed to Rutgers, uh, but we're gonna flip him. It's like. <laughs> really that's gonna change the program yeah, i think his name is sully on yeah. this show but that's that's a yeah. whole other matter <laughs> yeah the kid, everybody's no, got I, a sully in their life yeah, for better for yeah. worse you need them you need sully's <laughs> sully's are good people yeah absolutely where would we be without them so yes. we've lost that because i think almost everybody good sign there'll be a couple stragglers but for the most part uh we've, we've lost it and and all for i don't know what what was the purpose of that Make it easier on the kids. Uh, yeah, right. That's never, yeah, that's no, I mean, never the thought. That's never the purpose. No. Never they, the purpose for any rule change. That's always what they say, but it's always about making it easier for the coaches. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All it does is push recruiting earlier. Right. Which uh, I don't think is a good thing for anyone. Um, other than the coaches who want to get things sewn up earlier. It's uh, definitely not good for the kids. This was all designed to like allow the coaches to have better vacations. But now that because everything <laughs> got flipped forward, they complain about having to have official visits in like or unofficial visits in like May, June times. They used coaches used to get like three weeks off. Right. Which, yeah. again, 
these guys, we, we make fun. They work hard. They work long weeks. It's not a lifestyle ideal to, you know, a family and all that. So they used to get a chunk of time off. Now that's all cut into because you're bringing in sophomores instead of like a couple of years ago, it'd be, you'd be courting juniors at that point. So everything's sped up. We've seen the same cycle in basketball happen. It's here in football. Um, I don't think there's been like unbelievable, tangible results either way with the signing day in December. I will say the biggest thing about it to me has been it has decreased the celebrity of the kids because our eyeballs have been looking in other places. There was like a weak drumbeat up to signing day. Will this guy sign with Florida or Florida State? And we know him and we learn him now. There's like college football playoffs here. There's a bunch of other stuff going on. The NFL playoffs are going on. And, you know, the four star from Bohokie, nobody uh, dives in on as much. Yeah, no doubt. The timing is is not good for for the signees. But, you know, I mean, from from that standpoint, from a standpoint of paying attention to them, which maybe isn't a terrible thing. But by the way, can I just interject one thing? Look at the big tan on Pete. Somebody's back from the Caribbean. Can you give us a 30-second summation of your vacation on which you were breaking like East Carolina defensive coordinator news, <laughs> I have to say? I would recommend to our listeners that uh, the island of St. John is one of the great places on Earth. We stayed in St. Thomas, but what to say, John, there's this little area there's a bar called the soggy dollar because your money's wet because you basically like get a drink and then go in the water and drink it and then go get another one and go in the water and drink it it's pretty pretty spectacular it's pre pretty nice i i appreciated dan providing all that content from the super bowl while i was uh you know yeah. lying on the uh, beach yeah. reading it no. so. i hate yeah you. the soggy dollar if any of our listeners have been to the soggy dollar they will they will know and they will salute me with a painkiller I think our I think our listeners are a little more Great Wolf Lodge, <laughs> but maybe I'm misjudging the audience. Don't worry, Papar on the Florida Alabama line. Yeah, um, Florabama. Oh, the the Florabama. Florabama. Yeah, the Florabama. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great Wolf Lodge. Oh boy, I've I've done some hard time at the Great Wolf Lodge, man. Great Wolf Lodge, man. Where's the Great oh, Wolf yeah. Lodge? <laughs> See, you know, it's I in kid. several places. It's everywhere. It's a very Midwestern kind of thing. It's indoor um, indoor is... water park. Middle oh, middle yeah. Wind. yeah. Just I oh, it's, it's wrong a disease hangs in the air for every every friggin' germ on earth. Cool. Balls of hair and everything. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just See, but the kids love it. It reminds you how it. few people don't, how many people, uh, uh, or how how out of touch with culture you are by not having a neck tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, the neck tattoo really got popular around here, huh? Okay. <laughs> it's, you got to sneak your beers in. Pretend you're drinking yeah, coffee. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. the only way to get through a weekend at the Great Wolf Lodge is, is just <laughs> yeah. yeah, is with a cooler for sure, a well stocked cooler. Yeah, it is everything that whatever your little uh, you know highfalutin Marriott Point uh, funded vac. <laughs> I will say this to Pete: Pete travels nonstop and he gets a gets a vacation, so we'll allow it. And the beauty of all <laughs> yeah, those I did nights. not pay a, a nickel for the actual hotel. Yeah, all good. those nights it's at the Courtyard Waco. It, Yes, uh, pay, exactly. They pay I off. Used the Fairfield South Bend in that example, <laughs> yeah, but they yeah. both are perfectly remote and benign enough. Like, yeah, nobody's yeah. nobody's dying on that Tuesday in February to stay in the courtyard in South Bend for the night, you know, or no. the Fairfield, you know, availability. You know the one, Pat, right across from, uh, oh, yeah. right across oh, from the yeah. university. That's actually a pretty good Fairfield. It's not a bad Fairfield. No, it's not a bad Fairfield. We could we could break down good and bad Fairfields in college towns <laughs> in America. Some May show will just like. Yeah, we, we'll, I, we'll dive into that. I Let's, just spent uh, seven nights at the uh, Courtyard uh, Miami Airport 
That was, everyone's like, oh, Ooh. you're down in South Beach for the Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> well, uh, Courtyard Airport <laughs> was for scenic view of uh, runway 3A. <laughs> there you go. The 2.30 a.m. flight from Sao Paulo just landed. Yeah. <laughs> TWA to Caracas, take it off at 5.30. <laughs> Shuttle runs every 15 minutes over the airport if you want to ride yeah. over there. And, you, and you know, the, the, <laughs> the thing a about lap. the Courtyard uh, Airport in Miami is you got to pay for your breakfast every day. I yeah, no free breakfast. Nothing free. Yeah, no there. free breakfast in no, the courtyard. Hell no. They will not they will not give even even resplendent members of Marriott like Dan Wetzel, he will not get a free breakfast I got in nothing. the courtyard. Got a kick in the yeah. shins. That was about all I got out of that place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, it wasn't the Great Wolf Lodge though. So No. No. You beat that. Uh, all right. Well, uh, just for, for posterity's sake, Rivals.com, class of 2020 recruiting rankings. Georgia's number one right now. Clemson two, Alabama three, LSU four, Ohio State five. Just a bunch of small uh, little upstarts. <laughs> Those five have signed, are going to sign, uh, well, so far have 19 of the 32 five stars, I believe. There are 32 five stars. Anyway, uh, Texas A&M is sixth. Mm. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Talk about a program that uh, should feel some urgency in 2020. They well, do they have a lot of assistant coaches, too. Yeah. Did Guys, they? Yeah. The, the, the DB coach, Mo Linquist, went to the Cowboys. The linebacker coach, Bradley Van Pietabo, last seen in headlines for handing cash from his drawer when he was at LSU. Remember that story, Pat? You're looking... Do you remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. yeah. He yeah. got, he got that dude. That dude's like a character. Only in college football could a dude like that exist. So yeah. he got nudged to the door. The running back coach left. They've had a pretty fair amount of turnover, and those are people who had a chance to believe or not believe in Jimbo. You know, after uh, after the body of work. Now we're going into year three. Correct? Yes. Year three. Yep. Yes. Yep. I remember sitting in the Indianapolis airport writing about him leaving, flying to the Big Ten title game. The day that also what broke that day too bad was the Ole Miss story broke that day. Oh, the Ole Miss penalties broke that day. It was the newsiest uh, day, day of my time at Yahoo. But when Jimbo left Florida State to go to A&M, oh, it was right. the weekend yes. of and the college football uh, championships. Yeah. Old Miss yeah, penalties yeah. went down. Jimbo left, and there was one other story. Like it was just like one of those days where yeah, you're like, ah. crazy. I remember I landed yeah. in India at like eleven, and I left the airport at like four because I wrote like two columns <laughs> from you know gate seven, um, <laughs> over by the uh, Max and Izzy's there. Uh, the best mm. part of Jimbo leaving Florida State will always be that Christmas tree outside his house. Yeah. Oh yeah, awesome. <laughs> like sources. I don't need a source. The man threw out his Christmas tree That's on December nineteenth. <laughs> We're going with this. We're going. With We're this. moving. Yeah. yeah, it's still amazing that he got seventy-five million dollars guaranteed, and if he leaves, yeah. it's more expensive to buy breakfast at the courtyard in South Beach than it is for Jimbo to leave. <laughs> <laughs> if you're running from a $75 million contract, you want that guy gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they got some players. They're sixth. Florida Gators, seventh. Yeah. Gators are one team that could conceivably get into that top top group at some point and should be able to recruit really well. Oregon, eight. Auburn, nine. Michigan is 10th. Sully, Tennessee Volunteers, 11th. Mm -hmm. Good job. Problem with the SEC is okay. That's eleven. One, two, three. Came in seventh in the conference, though. Wow. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, 
Recruits are doing their civic duty, man. They're going to Tennessee. Yeah. Penn State is 12th. Oh, they signed 27 guys. Very Houston nut-like class there. <laughs> OU came in 13th. 23 kids. I bet you like 19 are on offense. <laughs> um, no, I'm only kidding. That, that was uh, everyone was uh, all amazed uh, at the Super Bowl. How did Cliff Kinsbury not win with Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> like, really yeah. is amazing. He Defense had, gave up 45 points a game. Two out of the That's three seasons lost losing seasons. Their big year was seven That's and a- five. And they asked Mahomes what was his greatest memory from college. He goes, we beat Texas on on Thanksgiving night and at Texas tech, you know, you just don't beat Texas very often at Texas. It was our best win. And like that Texas team had four wins or something like they. (laughs) Yeah. That was like the sad swan song of Charlie strong. I was like, wow. I mean, it's, it's it's almost as amazing as Brady not playing at Michigan a full time is that Patrick Mahomes just couldn't win any game. I know we talked about Mahomes as a, player last week pat but it's still amazing yeah. i mean the, the guy oh. you know how do you have one this guy has a chance to be one of all-time greats i think obviously long way yeah. to go but in two years as an nfl starter he won a super bowl and an mvp yeah and he was five and seven at texas tech and cliff kingsbury got an nfl job well he doesn't have to recruit defensers i don't think he ever like he recruit <laughs> like his recruiting class like three qbs six wide receivers <laughs> Three running backs, a slot, and then like one linebacker, and then a third <laughs> yeah. walk on. Three, like three offensive lineman. linemen, one linebacker, one defensive yeah. lineman. Yeah. <laughs> he just went to high school basketball games and picked like the long wings and the quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> he just lifted weights and looked good. That was it. It's pretty good. It's a good gimmick. All right. Uh, what else we got here? Who else came in? Oh, Miami's 14th. All right. Bring out the U. With the uh, new chief of staff, Ed Reed, on the coaching staff. That oh was gosh. interesting. I would sign with uh, Ed Reed's like my favorite NFL player of all time. <laughs> if Ed Reed, if I go to campus on a visit and Ed Reed pulls me aside, says, hey, we want you. I like I can really on, hard on the yeah. spot. If Ed Reed, right if I had a high school kid that anybody wanted, Ed Reed showed up on a recruiting visit. <laughs> I'd just be like, yeah. you can have him, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Well, they have, they have Derek King coming in, which is interesting. Yeah. They, yeah. they hired uh, Rhett Lashley, who was once the hot coordinator in the SEC at Auburn. Right. And then he got really cold. Then I think he went to <laughs> UConn for a minute. There's nothing colder than going <laughs> to no, UConn. No, I was going to say, nothing will make you colder than that. Oh, they ended up at SMU and kind of got them going with Shane Buchel. And it's sort of uh, Manny Diaz was this way. He was like the really hot guy. Now he's not so hot anymore. Derek King was yeah. a really hot guy. Then he took that awkward red shirt. <laughs> he got a little cold. And now we got uh, you got Rhett Lash trying to warm up his career again in uh, in South Beach. He did a good job at uh, at SMU. But, yeah, the, I, I see a bad August column that I'm going to write that, that involves there those, you go. those three. The reheater, the reheater program. Yes, the microwave, the Miami microwave. Mm-hmm. UConn yeah. came in at 85th, 85th in the rivals <laughs> rankings ahead of Boise State. What bonus See, does like, Ed still get for that? Oh, how's that possible? They're tied with Boise State. Let me just say this. I am going to bet that Boise State's recruits are better. <laughs> 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 I love the guys, Mike Farrell, everyone at Rivals doing their job, but I'm not buying that UConn signed as good a class. And how does Boise always 85th? I mean, at some point, you got to yeah. start ranking their guys a little higher like you missed. UMass 94th. That's probably pretty good hey. for them. That's... <laughs> Signing the UMass page on Rivals is the funniest. Rivals has their rankings here, and everyone's got like a. So if you click on the team, 
it'll show the actual kids on the or yeah, because because every team basically has like here here's the South Florida so usf.rivals.com running of the bulls.com or whatever this is running the bulls mm-hmm. so that shows that UMass doesn't have a fan page <laughs> so you can't see who they actually signed <laughs> supposedly 25 kids signed i don't know let's see it, yeah despite the absolute disgrace of walt bell running out the clock 25 young scholars should ever have signed with they them. Want, nobody they want to get that great education up at amherst yeah all right so let's say yeah. if my planned yukon umass new england united team <laughs> All right, so UConn signed 21 guys. They got 885 points here. UMass got 780. So that is what, 1,655 points uh, or 65 points? Something like that. Okay. Six, 1665. 1665. Let's see if combined their 46 players would have ranked them. I've been going up here to the 1665. Uh, would have got them 28th. Uh, there we go. So UMass and UConn, right. the United New England United with 46 recruits still couldn't crack the top 20. We'd be it's okay. They're improving. New England United, I think the concept is going to work here. Where did we have them? Like Holyoke was where they were going to play or something. That was the midpoint. They weren't going to play. That was the that was the gimmick. <laughs> no one would know. Like I said, how do we know anybody signed with UMass? It's not even on the rivals page. I oh, think they should play an Agawam. That's a joke only Dan would get. So <laughs> <laughs> they could they could do their opener at the no, Big No, what's that e? little Remember what's that e, little Dan? town? Yeah, the Big E. No, what's that yeah. little town that sticks in that uh Rebecca Lobo's from? There's that one town that Hamden. Ha- Hamden and it sticks well, into Connecticut. It's like this one holdout. They're Southwick. like, no, Southwick. Southwick. I'm not yes. gonna be part of Connecticut. I'm sticking with Massachusetts. Like, it's one do you, town. Do you it's annex one... Southwick and then uh, maybe give them Southwick it. and then you get the stadium rights oh, they to could the be team? Like maybe DC. we can trade Southwick. Like, Southwick could be like Washington, D.C., just its own its own entity. Our listeners in like Alabama are just forwarding through the podcast Dude, right now as we I'll debate obscure messages. Just feel good. You just, so, so is your podcast member in Louisville. I'm forwarding. <laughs> All right. Enough with that. Massachusetts geography. Listen, we talk everywhere. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to go through a couple. I want to do uh, let you guys be professors this year, this week. We're not going to do judge. Maybe we'll do a judge later. We'll see. Professor Forty, Professor Thamel. Yep. I want to rank. I want to grade these hirings. Okay. So I'm going to go through some. I don't know if we'll get through all of them today because there's a lot of lot of movement. All right. A, B, C, D, whatever you want to give them. Dave Aranda, Baylor. LSU defensive coordinator was connected to the UNLV job earlier in this cycle. Wow, that worked out for him. Got to <laughs> yeah, improve that. Uh, he takes over for Matt Rule. I'm reading this from CBSSports.com because they have a very handy chart. I'm sure we have something on our site, but whatever. Dave Aranda, uh, Professor Forty, A, B, C. What are you giving him? Um, I'm giving him an incomplete. He's never been a head coach. I don't know. I mean, I you know I. I guess I would say B minus until we see, but right now, you know, I can he, How would you know? can he, right. I mean, and he was a guy who was a great defensive coordinator, but I don't think he was a very avid recruiter. Uh, you know, I'm not sure he was the motivational voice of that team by any stretch. So I, I've got a lot of wait and see on Dave Aranda. I would take the same pragmatism that Pat is on Aranda. They had a guy in Matt Rule who was sort of the archetype of what we're seeing coaching become. The Mike Vrabel, the, you know, the, the guy who rallies the team, the guy who can connect and relate. And I don't know if Dave Aranda has that same skill set. Now, he has a great skill set. 
He hired Larry Fedora as the OC, who I think is a very good hire. He hired George Munoz, who was the QC at LSU, who did a lot with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow went out of his way and uh, Jimmy Burrow went out of his way to give Munoz a lot of credit for Joe's development from year one to year two at LSU, which was significant. So I think there are good hires in place. I think that's a that's a roster that's overachieved. So Aranda's going to be walking into some false expectations. I mean, Baylor won a ton of close games last year, including against like Rice. You know, like they weren't exponentially better than the rest of the Big 12. They played hard. They played together. They're a little bit like Minnesota was in the Big 10, where they were sure they were talented and they had good players. But for the most part, it was the cohesion. And I, I feel like the, the ability to lead and play together that helped them more so than in the amount of five stars and whatever. So um, I think Aranda's coming to Baylor at the awkward time where there's actually expectations, which I would believe is the first time ever in Baylor history, like <laughs> yeah. for a new coach. <laughs> Big pressure. All right. I go incomplete. You know, have no idea whether these guys can coach or not. Uh, all right. Yeah. We do know that Nick Rolovic can, can coach. Did a good job in Hawaii. He's now at Washington State. I just see this is a classic, what we were talking about earlier. Just got a three-star cornerback to flip from Wyoming to Washington State. So that ought to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that ought to do it. <laughs> that ought to do it. <laughs> Grades, Pete. He's entertaining, so we like him. Yeah, yeah, well, I think the roster there is decent. The quarterback room is great. They're always going to be able to get skill to that air raid style of offense. I think, like, Rolovich is like Leach, but he's not as mean. <laughs> would be the best way to put it. He's like a nice, affable, modern, quirky, not a your fat little girlfriend quirky. So, um, <laughs> I... <laughs> I really feel like uh, I really feel like he will be a good fit there. He will draw attention for the right reasons. I mean, look, how can we not give him a good grade? He just went to a bar in Seattle and picked up a tab for a bunch of Washington State fans who invited there on Twitter at 11 on a Sunday night. I mean, a plus. Like, yeah, like it's and, and the guys won at a very difficult place. Like if if you're Pat Chun, the AD there, you look, OK, Hawaii is probably the most difficult job in the Mountain West because of the resources and the location. And he won there. Well, Washington State's probably the most difficult job in the Pac-12. So I think it's it's smart in a lot of ways. The, the fun Nick Rolovich fact is he, when he was at Nevada as the OC, he was the first coach to offer Justin Herbert. And Herbert was going to likely commit to Nevada or pondering committing to Nevada. And then Oregon came in and was like, all right, this guy's at Eugene Sheldon High School. We should probably offer him. And then he ended up going to Oregon. Uh, he also was the first to offer Keaton Slobis out of Arizona and among the very early offers to Sam Darnold. Now, Sam Darnold's at Matter Day. I'd offer the Matter Day eighth graders. They're all going to be good. But like the other two, the other two are under the radar guys who, who ended up being bigger recruits. But he's got a, he's got a little quarterback whisper about Um Yeah, I'm giving that an A minus uh, for Rolo. I, I, I think that, yes, he, he fits in, a, in an off-brand kind of place. Now, I, I do question his sanity and intelligence moving from Honolulu to Pullman. To Pullman. Pat, I mean, you're not like Pullman like, every week. I, every <laughs> week you got a crap on this place. <laughs> Have you been? You go and come back and tell me what you think. Here's what I'm telling you. You go from Honolulu to Pullman, you're at least partially insane. We've but been through this. I think you'll yes, do a good job weird. there. It's weird when they tell you if you want something to eat or drink or have any fun, you have to go to Idaho to do it. I get it. <laughs> yes, it is. But yeah. Pat went there like 10 years ago, and he's still mad. Still bitter. That's longer than 10 years ago. God <laughs> yeah. almighty. Was it, was it right. pre-Clay Thompson? No, Clay Thompson was on the team. Okay. Oh, right. You got to go well, see maybe. Clay Thompson play basketball, and you're still mad about your maybe courtyard it's Marriott. 
You see, they just retired yeah. Clay Thompson's number there. And, and over the weekend, yeah. San Diego State just retired uh, Kawhi Leonard. Over well, the weekend. John Morant's number yeah. got retired, too, or is this weekend. Yeah, but why does it take so long? For, what is San Diego State waiting for? We had a backlog uh, of NBA Finals MVPs. To, I mean, <laughs> you should have retired Kawhi a little sooner. Nine Do you think he was taking all their calls from the development office? <laughs> I don't think Kawhi does not. The be. first time you have a chance to get a good recruit on campus, you retire Clay Thompson, or I mean Kawhi Leonard's number. I mean, you, you do it if he if he was six months after he left, you do it. Wait, look, okay, but I think you could question, be the next like, Kawhi Leonard. John Morant's number certainly deserves to retire. It's a no-brainer. Do you do it that soon or do you wait? Do you just do it the next year? Hey, let's no, go. I do, I do it. Absolutely. Okay. Do it. Keep the momentum rolling in recruiting. You're getting headlines now. We had John Morant, you know. Yeah. You certainly don't sit around and go, let's contemplate, see whether he's borderline or not. I mean, what, yeah. <laughs> this is like the hall of, I can't, I can't vote for Jeter. I don't want on a unanimous. San Diego State, what else you got? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Cage. Didn't Michael Cage go to San Diego yeah. State? He's probably waiting, too. <laughs> yes, he did. All right. Yes, next guy on this list here is, uh, I have no idea what order this list went. So it's not alphabetical. It's just it might have been the order they were hired in reverse. Yeah, I think it's reverse chronological. Oh, okay. All right. Mike Leach. I think we already went over this, though. Yeah. We're giving A's. Yeah, uh, Mike. Uh, I don't think we did go over Mike Leach. Well, no, we? but what are you going to give him? <laughs> no, we've we just spent mean. three podcasts. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's an A. a okay. Move on. It's Pete, an a. Are, yeah. are you going to be a tough grader or what do we got? Uh, yeah, we'll give it We'll give it an A minus. It will be uh, perfect. But it'll, it'll be it'll be Cathedral. Fun. Tough, tough grading. All right. Yeah. Yeah. The nuns slap my fingers. Here we go. Rollers. San Diego State. There you are. Brady Hoke's back. The Hoke. <laughs> yeah. Rhymes with uh, no, not beating Ohio State. That's what it rhymes with. Will right. he wear a headset? No. Don't need it. <laughs> that was always my favorite Brady Hoke thing. The lack of the headset. The lack of headset. Like. You know, it was Michigan fans' favorite thing, oh, too. Let me tell the you. The clapper. They love Bill him. Belichick wears a headset. Okay. Are you telling me you have a better vision of the game than Bill <laughs> Belichick? Stands off by himself and, and puts the headset on. Uh, Everyone wears a headset except Brady Hope. Even like he could wear an unplugged one. <laughs> you know, well, that's the thing. And there have been coaches that have done that yes. just for show. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yep. That's it. Brady uh, Hope can I go first there. on Brady Hope? They're going to have better players. I think it's a B plus. It's safe. Look, they've they've won ten games multiple years in a row. Like you should roll out of bed and win nine. There, Brady's a good recruiter. They're going to keep the three three five defense, which kind of makes them unique in the Mountain West. I think they're going to keep rolling. Mm, terrified, I'm giving you know it a what, C. Terrified, yeah. you know what defense they play. <laughs> <laughs> they're keeping the three three five in San Diego. Going to put out anything like a two four eight. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, playing oh, the wide right. tackle six at, at San Diego State. Yeah, hey, Rocky. No, Long, I'm giving that a three, three, five. He's, he's going to be at New I'm Mexico giving, State. Or New Mexico. I'm giving it a C at best. I, you know, I, I think going back into your past doesn't tend to work out very well. Retreading, but the guy I want to give an F to is Rocky Long. What the hell was he doing? Rocky Long, this was what Rocky Long did, okay? He went, he used to be the coach at New Mexico. He was really good. They fired him. It was stupid. He goes to San Diego State. He does really well. He's living in San Diego. He gets tired. I, you know, maybe he got sideways with the administration. I don't know. Starts shopping for high-level defensive coordinator jobs. Gets none of them. 
and goes back to New Mexico as the defensive coordinator there. So he takes a worse job than he's ever had or had in the last 20 years at a school that fired him. What are you doing, Rocky? Why? What's he got against living in San Diego? God, I don't know. I don't know. You want to be the boss in San Diego? Or do you want to be the assistant in Albuquerque where they fired you before? So Rocky Long is a persnickety character, someone you could relate to, Pat. He got sick of being a head coach. And I think they wanted him to fire a couple guys on his offensive staff and change a few things. And he was kind of like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go try to be a defensive coordinator. And then he kicked the tires on a few places, including notably Syracuse, which would be an all-time geography change. Not as not as bad as Honolulu to Pullman. Sorry, not as bad. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've spent some long I mean, it's in the ballpark. In the it's in the ballpark, but it's not as bad. Okay. <laughs> I'm not talking Pat off his Pullman anger. So it's tough like, up nah. there in the queues, man. It's tough. That is tough. <laughs> it is. So Rocky Long, basically, uh, Danny Gonzalez was his defensive coordinator at San Diego State. And Rocky Long told people, I just want to run a defense. I want to run a defense, call a defense, get ready. So in a weird way, Danny Gonzalez, who is, I thought, a very good hire, becomes an excellent hire because you get one of the best defensive binds in college football to come run the defense in Albuquerque where they could never have afforded a guy of that ilk and caliber. And uh, one of the reasons, I guess, he well, he's from there. Um, and his wife is a big horse rider, I guess. So, like, she's going to be happy. And he's, like, 70 years old. He's like, I just want to go out and run my 3-3-5. And so Rocky Long's going to do that. So why is a big horse rider? <laughs> yes. It's yeah. a special kind of, it's like carriage horses or something like that. So, and there's um, more of those in New Mexico. I mean, it's probably cheaper to do anything in New Mexico than in San Diego. Well, I think you can afford it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, head coach money in yeah. Southern California is not really like that outstanding compared to like the actual money in Southern California. I think you're just throwing out a factoid because you want to sound smart. <laughs> <laughs> I just think there's a level of women to ride ride, horses in New Mexico. Yeah, you're just just totally assuming that it's easier to ride a horse in New Mexico. I mean, I have not done the research, but... I suggest visiting Del Mar Racetrack in San Diego. Yeah, pretty good stuff right there. Yeah, I I would love to visit Del Mar Racetrack, but I just don't know if, like, your regular people can afford to roam their horses around. I don't don't know. All right, well, all right, that one's done. Amazing (laughs) here, I'm looking at this uh, San Diego State in the the CBS Sports bio. Hoke went 9-4 and at San Diego State and got the Michigan job. That's all it took, just because he he had been an assistant. That is one of those, you know, those coaching searches where you have to stay inside the family, where you got to go inbred. And then you're just, yeah, yeah, it's like, we're going to rule out every other candidate on earth unless they once were here. Good thinking. That's a good, good way to, good way to find top talent is rule them all out. So we're going to give, you already moved into the next one, Danny Gonzalez. I guess you're giving that an A. Danny Gonzalez at New Mexico. Be brief, Pat, because I don't know if New Mexico's got many fans, but I, it sounds good. Pete has convinced me. That's fine. That's fine. I, I I really don't care who the coach is in New Mexico. So if Pete's good with it, I'm good with it. I give it an A. That sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> Ride your horse up to practice. Let's go. All right. Fresno, Galen DeBoer. I like that one. Indiana's offensive coordinator. Yeah, he did a really good job at Indiana. I mean, that, that, that was a very good offense this year, despite having to play Two quarterbacks mix and match uh, due to injury. Uh, their production was good no matter what. DeBoer was with Fresno State before with Jeff Tedford when they were really good. 
So he has been around some very successful programs the last few years, and he goes back to Fresno, and I think we'll give him a chance to, you know, find some diamonds in the rough offensively and polish them up and uh, be one of the more competitive programs, remain one of the more competitive programs in the Mountain West. I like Caleb Moore. It'll be interesting when history shows us whether Indiana's little run under Tom Allen was more Tom Allen or more Kalen DeBoer. Tom Allen's a great defensive mind. Kalen DeBoer came in and turned around their uh, their offense. Fun fact about Kalen DeBoer, since we're doing a nice geographic uh, medley today on the show, a little uh, geographic potpourri. He was 14-0, and 13-1, and 14-0, and 15-0 and at Sioux Falls. University won, of Sioux Falls, yeah. He won, he won three NAIA championships. So, like, I'm a big believer, and I believe this in college basketball, Pat, we've seen it over the years. If you can win big at the lower levels, you can coach. Like, you could just – there's no doubt that Caleb Bohr could coach. Three undefeated – because if, if the guys at Sioux Falls aren't much better than the guys at, like – Sioux Falls East that you're playing in NAI. <laughs> All That's right. a recruiting power over there at Sioux Falls. Have you seen their weight room? Uh, so. <laughs> they have one. They have one. University they have a horse Sioux farm Falls. for the coaches' wives. <laughs> like, they've got it all. They got to go down to the Sioux Falls Gold's gym. That's their weight room. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm in on Kalen DeBoer because he's done it. I got to admit, I, I've, I think I knew every school in the country, but I'd never heard of that one. University of Sioux Falls, founded in 1883. Uh, in 2014, the university enrolled 1,142 undergraduate students. It's amazing. You got a football team. I mean, a, yeah, that's I mean, that's 1,442. It's basically the size of my high school. It's not a big high school. Yeah. And 311 <laughs> yeah. graduate students. How about that? Uh, the Vessel. They have a student newspaper. They got a couple oh. of residence halls. Yeah, they got all sorts of stuff over there. How about that? Who knew? All right. I'd never heard of University of Sioux Falls, so good on you. What is it? I don't know what they're called. What are, oh, the Cougars. The Cougars. Yeah. All right. Uh, boy, the offseason's rough. I got to tell you. All right. Uh, <laughs> Pat, are you giving that an A? I, I don't know if I got your grade. Yeah, um, you did. Yeah, okay, two uh, A's. Yeah, yeah. No, I gave it an A. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jeff Halfley, yeah. Boston College. I think we know it. Pete's going to grade that one. Hey, <laughs> you, you accuse me of local bias. Uh, <laughs> I think Jeff Havis is a good coach. The defense at Ohio State went from like 70 to two in the in his uh, in his season there. It, you know, he has caught an interesting bit of lightning in the bottle because obviously they have Chase Young and they have Jeff Okuda, who are going to be probably the number two and three picks in the draft. But he really showed vast improvement. If you look at how Damon Arnett played and you look at a few other guys who really kind of had huge career rebound years under him and Halfley's a Jersey recruiter. If you're going to win in the Syracuse BC Rutgers triangle, you need to dominate or have a strong foothold in New Jersey recruiting. And when Halfley was at Pitt and when Halfley was at Rutgers under Shiano, he, and he's a, uh, he's a New Jersey native, um, he really made his name in that uh, in that corridor. And there'll be some uh, I think there'll be some spicy little uh, recruiting battles between Rutgers and B.C. Uh -huh. the, the, everyone in Southwick will be watching closely. <laughs> Pat, be brief. We got to speed round this because there was a bunch. Yeah, we 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 got to get moving. A bunch here. of people got fired, um, and I haven't done a good job with time management. Yeah. So, <laughs> I give Jeff Halfley an incomplete, just like I give most guys who have not been head coaches. Could well be end up being a great head coach, but I'm giving an incomplete till I see it. All right, how about we incomplete Sean Clark at Appalachian State? Right, he's never been a head coach before. Great hire. Right? Great hire. Terrific job. 
Go get him. Uh, Ryan Silverfield. Incomplete. Incomplete at Memphis. Good job, though. Yeah, they they should be. I mean, they bring Very good everybody job. back. Yeah, they should be pretty um, good. Yeah, they got the tailback, the receiver. Obviously, <laughs> Brady White's back. They they will be a really interesting team next year. If he's not up to the task, we'll know quickly. He that man that program. I was if 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 Norvell had stayed, I was going to rank him in the top ten oh. going into next year. Why not? I was yeah. going to put him ten. You don't trust yeah. Silverfield, huh? I don't know. Incomplete. We'll see. All right. Could be great. Could be terrible. Steve McIntyre is the DC hit. Pretty good hire. Steve Adazio to Colorado State. (sighs) Retread City. Um, I I give that a C. Uh, Maybe that's going to be his comfort zone, his comfort level. You know, he did have at least one good season at Temple. Just similar. Colorado State's actually a good job in the Mountain West Conference. They got good facilities. They've, They've made a financial commitment. So he's going to have a chance there, but I've never seen much from Steve Adazio to convince me that he's a great coach. Get some dudes. Got to get some dudes. Get he dudes, did a good job sure. early at BC injecting life and energy in that first year when they had Andre Williams. Like if Steve Adazio has like a defining coaching trait, it's his, you know, they used to call him vitamin A at Florida for his pregame speeches. Like he has a, a good leadership quality. Uh, the worries there are that, He's just never been west of the Mississippi at any of his jobs. And you need to recruit L.A. You need to recruit Texas like they, he is a he is a fish out of water there. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if the staff can accommodate that. When he was at Florida, he was the point man on recruiting Aaron Hernandez. It's excellent. Yeah. Got that one done. He's from uh, Connecticut. Yeah. All right. Last one, because I'm losing steam on this. We, we can get to some of these others <laughs> another time, maybe. But we also discussed the earlier hires back in December so. Go find that podcast. Although I'm sure you already listened because you never miss an episode, dear listener. Willie Taggart, <laughs> FAU. Your enthusiasm's <laughs> overwhelming. Vitamin, uh, vitamin Wetzel. Good God. This is a, nah, this didn't go so well. Sounded like a good idea when I thought it up. I thought there were better. You should have looked at the whole list before you started and said, okay, we're not talking about those eight jobs that nobody cares about. <laughs> But uh, it's not, here we not are. my best effort this week. Sorry, people. <laughs> you're, you're still Kyle better than Shanahan all the other. Yeah. This is Kyle this Shanahan is, passing on second down right now. Really? No, it's basically <laughs> I've, I've, I've almost become so I was boring that we could put this thing on ESPN podcast. <laughs> <laughs> jab, jab, jab. Hope everybody stayed listening until that one. That was good. <laughs> OK, so Willie Taggart, that's what we're talking about. Uh, Florida Atlantic. Um, I. I'd say, I'll say B plus. Uh, you know, I think that uh, he again find your comfort level, and he he was pretty good, pretty comfortable at Western Kentucky and at uh, South Florida. He uh, certainly should be able to recruit that area, and if he, you know, learns from some of the really bad like management and coaching decisions he made at Florida State, I think he could win Florida Atlantic. You should have better players than everyone at Florida Atlantic. So I think it was a smart hire in a sense of, all right, bring in a guy who's a veteran head coach who can do that. The, the number I'll be tracking there, and I do think he made he made some good hires, especially Drew Maringer, the who's who's going to come in and as, as the co-OC from Texas. He's one of the brighter, brighter, oh, Dan just rolled his eyes. That's great. Uh, he's <laughs> one of the brighter. <laughs> they suck this year. <laughs> well, not on offense. If you actually look at their offensive numbers, they were pretty good. Right, he was right. the receivers coach, too. They had good receivers. Colin Johnson, Devin right. Anyway, I, the, I the number on Taggart that's going to be interesting is penalties. They were essentially in the bottom five in penalties his last three seasons coaching. 
Like that needs to change. That screams lack of discipline, lack of coaching. So that will be the the task of Taggart to uh, to turn that around. All right, go get him, Willie. Good guy. All right, let's get to something a little more my speed. <laughs> Our good friends at AL.com have uh, have uh, graced us with another dispatch from the great state of Alabama. Uh, I'm just going to read. They need, the I just need a sponsored segment at this point. Yeah, like the, the AOL red, the AL.com redneck of the week on the Yahoo. AL. Well, we don't, I don't know what. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's see. A dispute between two men in Grand Bay started with one of them urinating in public early Sunday morning and ended with both men getting their guns and shooting at each other. <laughs> the spokesman for the Mobile County Sheriff's Office said, "Quote their neighbors." Unquote. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful second paragraph. Credit <laughs> to them. I mean, that's that's that is good. That is a well, well constructed do with anything. Okay, freak show story. The man who confronted the urinating man about seven a.m. seven thirty a.m. ended up so seven thirty a.m. A dude's just outside taking a leak, huh? <laughs> yeah, Grand Bay, Alabama. Why near Mobile? Near Mobile. And if they're neighbors, then both have a house, so they're not homeless. All right. Anyway, the man who confronted the urinating man about 7.30 and ended up shot in the face and transported to a hospital. They got in a dispute because one of them was urinating in a yard or in a street. Either one was inappropriate. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That started an argument. The man angry about the public urination went to his vehicle, got a gun, and began firing shots. The other man, (laughs) this is great detail, the other man who had finished urinating, (laughs) <laughs> well okay then went to his great clause and also retrieved the gun and returned fire quote the one who was mad about the guy peeing is the one who fired the first shots and then he got shot Bird said <laughs> so he had first blast on this other dude who's got his pants yeah. down and he still didn't hit him yeah he's the one that ends up going to the hospital i think you should get got just for that <laughs> How do you lose a gunfight when you're the only guy with a gun and the other guy, the only thing the other guy's holding, not a? <laughs> so, did anyone else think the timing of this was a little weird? I'm certainly not a pro public urination, but like doing it at 7:30 in the morning, like you know, like you know, you leave the bar in college and you're walking home at you know one one a.m. Okay, that's understandable. 7.30 in the morning is an odd time to fire a gun at someone, and it's an odd time to pee in the street. Maybe he'd been drinking all night. I don't know. Maybe, you know, (laughs) wakes up like on the couch. His wife's like, get out of the house, so he has to go outside. I I don't know. But, they, you know, it's still dark down there. It's January, so you probably think you're peeing in the dark. Hold on here. 7.30 in the morning? This is pretty interesting. (laughs) A grand jury would, might have to, they're not, they have not charged them yet. Grand jury may have to decide if it was a case of self-defense by the urinating man. I think he was. Hey, it absolutely was. Dude shooting at him. Quote, he was Come being on. shot at first. And then hold on here. Mm-hmm. This is out in the country. There wouldn't be an <laughs> ordinance about urinating in public. It's, How about that? It's more common decency than anything. <laughs> So, so in the, if you live in the country, you can just pee wherever you want. That's it. Cut. You know what? Redneck as a defense. There you go. <laughs> ain't, there ain't no toilets in the Bible. God didn't make a toilet. So God, I don't know. <laughs> but no, that's, I mean, look, they, I have nothing but scorn for the guy that got mad because as you said, I mean, if, if, if you, 
if you get the first shot, not that I'm promoting gun violence, <laughs> but if you get the first shot and you end up shot in the face, you blew it. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's actually make lucky. A, make a both move to Pullman, Pat. Better to get shot in the face <laughs> and kill the there. dude and you end up in prison for the rest of your life. And, and you got to tell like uh, your celly, you know. Very true. Well, this dude was taking a leak. I just couldn't stand it anymore. I just had to. <laughs> yeah, I just decided to kill it. Uh, Seems <laughs> like it might be near the driveways because both guys were able to get their to their vehicles where they were stashing yeah, their guns. Right. I don't know. All right. Well, ongoing saga. Grand Bay, Alabama. If somebody wants to fill us in on the uh, the mores and social norms of Grand Bay, <laughs> Alabama, please do. Near Bio, Bayou La Battery, which is, I think, uh, yeah, like it's like it's Mississippi and it's Alabama, and then there's the Panhandle. It's it's the, you know, as known as the Redneck Riviera. We're all right down there on the the Gulf, the coastal elite. There's not a Gulf wait a minute. There's elite. not even a bay in Grand Bay. There is a Grand Bay, but that's not in the town of yeah, Grand it's, Bay. It's inland. It's in, it's inland from what? like Mobile. Well, it's and a stuff. damn lie then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just living Taking a lie with was too much named for the guy. The town. He went out and took a pee, and yeah, this guy's just <laughs> a lot of mind told his wife he bought a place in Grand Bay. They'd be able to put the boat out back, and then he got there. <laughs> and there's just no one way. dude peeing in the driveway. <laughs> this is somewhat off gone. script, but uh, I texted Pat this morning. The uh, The Louisville dance team coach is, like, going on a, a Twitter jihad against the AD. And I only bring this up to think of, like, doesn't more weird stuff happen in the Louisville Athletic Department than any athletic department per capita in America? This is absolutely coach it's the industry Sharp. leader. Uh, fake news instigated by a fake AD and his corrupt administration. It's time for the fans and the public to hear the truth. Silent no more. Stay tuned. Who is this guy? Now, did he's you, in did, charge of the dance Todd team. Todd Sharp. He's the dance team, and he's like <laughs> only only Louisville. He's like this legendary dance team guy because they win the national championship every year. <laughs> But uh, that is only in Louisville. He had he had his own reality show at one was point on for dance this dance moms? team. You know, I've watched Dance yeah. Moms before. Those <laughs> well, vicious, so, man. But here's the rest of the story on this. <laughs> Jazz hands. I don't know whether you know, Peter. This guy, Todd Sharp, accidentally shot himself at the Louisville baseball banquet like a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And so he, yeah. And so that's why he was declared like persona non grata. Like, get the hell away from well, our no, athletic no, no, no. department. He brought a gun to the baseball banquet. I guess, man. I don't know. Does I the dance the team story. perform at the baseball game? No. It was a baseball like winter. It's their fundraiser thing. They bring in some major league guy to talk and everybody you know, buys $200 tickets or whatever. And then they go buy more batting gloves. I don't know what they do with the money. Did they call but, that pulling uh, a Plaxico? <laughs> I mean, it's basically that, I believe. But this guy is, uh, let's say he's an eccentric character. Let's put it that way. So and, uh, I know this because uh, I read the, the D1 ticker, which I'm sure you guys read. It's like an aggregated uh, aggregated uh, headlines from the college sports that they email to you every morning. And uh, the guy who does it, Matt Roberts, is actually from Louisville, which is probably why this was high up on the ticker today. But the <laughs> AD at Louisville sent out a note to the staff that said, Earlier today, the university issued a persona non grata notice for former head dance coach Todd Sharp, prohibiting from attending public and private university-related events, whether on or off campus, or from visiting our offices. Should you spot Mr. Sharp on or around campus, please immediately contact 911. <laughs> <laughs> How many years did he work there, Pat? Oh, a lot. Really? I mean, forever. Okay. Yeah. So is he like Denny Crum era? Uh, he was he was crumb era, he was Patino era. I mean, the whole deal. Wow. So yeah, he had a lifetime reality up show 
uh, So Sharp, I believe it was called. It's called him and yeah. his uh, dance team. He was dismissed back in December 2008. Why did we not lead with this? <laughs> he was at the, Sharp was confirmed at the Marriott downtown on January 24th with the UofL baseball team was hosting their leadoff dinner. It's unclear if Sharp was there attending the dinner or was there for other matters. Police reported an incident where a man had accidentally shot himself in the calf and transported to the University Hospital. Ouch. It's a nice Marriott, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's better. You know what? And they, you can probably get a free breakfast there if you've got enough uh, clout. Wow. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Who knew this was going to be that exciting? All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dance team drama, baby. That just popped up this morning. So I, and I texted Pat just more yeah. out of like. Why does all this weird stuff always happen in Louisville? Like, 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 it just, there's just so much between Patino. There's a Charlie Strong thing that, like, there's just weird stuff happens in Louisville. A lot. Call 911. All right. Call 911. Call 9-1. on the former dance team coach who may or, who apparently shot himself well, at a baseball bat. Everybody Have you ever heard of an internal days. athletic department memo that includes the phrase contact 911? He's armed and dangerous <laughs> and the gun's loaded. The safety is not on. I mean, we. <laughs> Good God. All right. Well, I'm not pissing this dude off. I'm si I'm siding with him. Yeah, free, he's packing. Free Todd Sharp. <laughs> All right. We'll be back next week. We'll do better. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think we'll do better next week. All right. Talk to you all later.